Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches of Husky Podcast. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is UW Leah, and back from her hiatus, her vacation, all the crazy hats that she wears. Kayla Olin, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I am so happy to be back. Talk some Husky football. It's been a while. I didn't get to talk about Boise State, but, you know, kind of getting to compare and contrast now, now that a couple games have been under the dog's belt. So excited to especially hear your thoughts, Trevor, your thoughts, Leah, because Leah and I talk about some reality TV, but we don't really talk about football too much, especially with you, Trevor, now that you have another little one. Yeah. 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 I'm excited to have you back because, you know, we've been handing off the tangent portion of this podcast (laughs) to our friend Jake, and I really miss the Kayla's tangents version of this podcast. So I'm excited. (laughs) These are the the two that derail me the most, so I'm excited to try to... uh... (laughs) Keep, keep we to the, we oh, keep you prepared for your classes. Hard. Keep you prepared for your classes That's so that exactly you can right. stay on track for your class. Definitely miss you, Jake, because there's no one telling poop jokes now. So <laughs> Washington takes care of business. They're now two and zero. They beat Tulsa forty three to ten. Definitely a lot of meat left on the bone. Obviously, that was what Kalen DeBoer said. Obviously, when he came out for his press conference. I can think of right off the top of my head, 10 points that Washington left out on the field. Um, uh, I think maybe the worst drive of Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan's career uh, right before halftime, the focus and the intensity was probably a C plus, which is fine against Tulsa, but you know, going forward, a C plus is going to mean an L Leah. What are your thoughts on the game? Could not agree with you more. I was very frustrated watching a lot of this game. Um, There's just no excuse to have absolutely what looked like a far inferior effort than we saw against Boise State. Yes, it's an inferior opponent. Yes, it's not that exciting playing Tulsa, but you still have to honor your opponent. That's how you show them respect is by playing your best, even though they are inferior to you. And I feel like our receivers let our quarterback down. Um, We got our first interception of the year for Mike. Um, Jalen McMillan, after having an outstanding game last week, had a very poor game on Saturday. Um, Jalen Polk had a great game. Um, you know, but for the most part, I would say like, I kind of left the field being like, this was only okay. And we can do a lot better and we should do a lot better. So I expect this to be a blip, but Trevor's right. You play like this against almost any other team on your schedule that you're coming out with an L. I think it's going to be interesting to see how. Washington goes into Michigan State, whether it's learning from it, whether it's trying to maybe save a little bit of energy for that trip, which I think you always hear um, good teams win, great teams cover. Washington not covering, I think, was a little bit of a concern, I think, from just like a stat standpoint, especially how you had mentioned a game like Tulsa and Michigan State's going to be a nice test just being on the road for the first time this season. So I think some of those concerns that you brought up, Leah, are going to be even bigger concerns going to a more hostile environment where you don't have a home crowd to back you. You just look at the things that this pro, this team did. Some of it is, I think, getting ready for Michigan State, not putting some guys out there that probably could be a go if it was a game that was going to be more contested with Zion Tupa, Zion Tupa ZTF, 
I practice that one too, man. I, that, that pisses me off, especially what you said pre-show Dylan Johnson also a no go today. Uh, those, those are two guys that missed that were definitely missed. You know, that, led to some other guys playing. Then we had some guys get hurt, especially in the secondary. Asa Turner goes down in the first and then Devon Banks um, also goes down in the first half. And it just, it's uh, more guys hurt is obviously a bad thing, but the thing that you need to do against Tulsa is be crisp and be healthy. And unfortunately really they were neither of those things, things at times today. Mm-hmm. Com- completely agree. Go ahead, Kayla. I was going to say that, you know, some of those things that I think that people were either making excuses for, whether it was, hey, it was the first game. Those are some of those kinks now that they haven't gotten to see a practice in terms of, you know, hitting a different color other than white or purple. I expected or was hoping for more production from the run game. And I mean, you can be a one-sided offense if you want, but that's not what's going to win you a national championship. And so not to discredit Tulsa, but Tulsa is not supposed to be as close as Boise was. And so expecting more of production from the run or more pressure in the backfield from the defense. I think those were some of those glaring things that I think should have been addressed prior to this Michigan State game that I don't believe were. I agree. I think... That what it looked like to me was the team mailed it in. They mailed it in from the opening kickoff. And that's really frustrating to see considering how much time and effort we make to go and watch them play. And also great weather, all these things. And we're not going to be able to go to a game for another two weeks. We're going to have a watch party at my house next week for Michigan state, but we need to play about a million times better to come out and beat the spread next week against Michigan state. Um, because that this is the, should be probably the only game that we can play like that and come out with a win and a comfortable win. I even think that, you know, against Boise, uh, punting away the first two drives before you actually score. Whereas against Tulsa, you have a touchdown, you have a touchdown and then you have the interception and then you have touchdown, then you have fumble touchdown, touchdown, missed field goal attempt touchdown. So it's not like the offense was struggling to score, but it was just how they went about doing so. And kind of like those big plays or the defense giving up some of those bigger plays. I don't think Tulsa had, I mean, Tulsa had a drive of less than a minute. I mean, that's, I don't think, okay. In terms of, you know, make them stay on the field longer or get a three and out, but it should never be less than a minute. Yeah. And to your point, like you look at the final stats and we're, you know, we came out semi-negative, even though they won by 33, uh, Jalen McMillan, eight catches, 120 yards, Roma Dunes, a seven for a 107, Jalen Polk, five for 81, Jeremy Bernard, two for 43, uh, McMillan, a Dunes, a Bernard receiving touchdowns, Polk and a Dunes, also getting a rushing touchdown. Uh, on paper, yeah, it looked really good. But when was the last time you saw, especially those top two guys, have multiple drops in a game? Stone cold drops, like right off the hands. And those are those are big paws that they have. Um, or a Jalen McMillan fumble. Yeah, and I mean, that was, and that's why I said it's probably their worst drive 
of the last two years. I, I, you know, I kind of discount some of the Lake and Donovan years, but um, you know, the drop for McMillan was a touchdown. It was right, right where we were sitting. Uh, And then the other one, it was a first down that he ended up coughing up and really weird situation where, I think everybody thought the the ball carrier went down and he didn't. And then Mike Penix has to make the play, which I don't love. No. And also, I mean, we're forgetting one of the biggest mistakes of the game, which, you know, harkens back to the recovered relationship of Kayla and our former kicker, Peyton Henry. And now our new kicker is starting off on pardon the pun, but the very wrong foot and doinking a field goal. And so poor yeah. Kayla has had years of therapy to recover from. The- <laughs> and now this happens. It's just like, you know, different era, different kicking era. We're like at that point, like shame on me. If I <laughs> get fooled, <laughs> right. She, she She's a spurned lover when it comes to kickers. She's not going to get emotionally invested anymore. No, you can't, you can't with NFL kickers either because, you know, (laughs) always gets burned one way or another. I saw somebody who was just like, uh, it was on some show, some like talk show or whatever, but he was just like, if I could fix anything about like football or change anything, it'd be get rid of kickers because they're not, he he says like, they're not football players. Like they don't, all they do is kick the ball. That like, that's, that's not a football player. Like they're usually soccer players or rugby players. They're not football players. And I yeah. died. I died. <laughs> those those are your people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that I will say is after the third drive of the game, the third drive of the game for uh the defense was bad. Um, that was the one where they got really gashed. There was a lot of a lot of holes and there was a lot of missed tackles the spot on this defense that I continue to think is underrated is the interior defensive line. Uh, when the, when the right guys are out there, um, a lot of that drive, it was guys that, you know, are our second and third string guys that kind of got beat up a little bit. And when Thule got back in there, when, um, Ulumu Ale and Jacob Bandis, especially, um, they, they did a really good job of getting blocks, and then it just seems like we're still waiting for Braylon Trice. Uh, it seemed like he was getting double teamed quite a bit, but uh, Voitanufi continues to be really, really good. You bring back a healthy ZTF. I think, you know, the defensive line is, I still believe it's going to be a strength. And I think, you know, as it went after that, the defense it seemed like they figured out how to stop this Tulsa defense uh, offense. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, ultimately, Yes, we won by 33 points, which is like one point less than we were supposed to to win by. But to your point, as you open the podcast, Trevor, we left a lot of meat in the bone. We should have had at least 10 more points. And when you're coming off a week where Oregon wins by 65 points or 70 points or whatever, you really want to be able to more than cover the spread. And when you don't do that against a lesser opponent, you know, a greater five school, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And you end up wondering, how good is this football team really why are we having motivation problems on week two in this caliber of a team? Yeah. What's going on? I don't think it's going to be a problem past this week, but it is a concern. I don't either. And I just continue to think that this defense is getting better and better and and gelling together. Uh, and I think one of the best things to come out of this was the roughing the punter. When um, Michaela Steen goes down, uh, sort of falls into the punter, uh, 
gets gets the 15 yarder and then on the stop he was the tackler on the second down the third down and he was also there on the gang tackle on the fourth down stop and you know for a guy that's i think he's a redshirt sophomore or truce or redshirt freshman he's young in the system that's things that are going to continue to build for him um as he goes through the season and if they you know if if they're going to be banged up, he's going to have to play. And I think those are really valuable reps. Yeah. I think back to the defensive side of things, it's just, I don't even know if it's a glaring concern because I think if we are to have these kinds of teams scheduled, they should be to showcase you at your absolute best. And the fact that Tulsa had more takeaways than Washington did. I mean, that's that's a big red, big red flag for me only yeah. because i think you everyone knows what this group can do it is a very experienced defensive group there's and i know asa was hurt for after the first play and i know ztf didn't play but there's still no reason you know not to not knock like braylon trice or like eddie or anybody but like there should have been more, more production from all of those experienced veterans mm-hmm yeah, and there was two other dropped picks that Washington could have converted on, um, but those have to become interceptions in those big games where, you know, that is a win be... against Oregon. Yeah, it's like 100%. that is a win. Yep. Yeah. You you pick off. You get true turnovers against whoever gets two turn- turnovers in the Washington USC game is going to win the game. Um, whoever it could be, whoever wins the turnover battle, regardless. Uh, because of how many points could be scored in that game. And usually the single greatest predictor of who wins the game. Yeah, no, you're totally right. But st- <laughs> Jabbar Mohammed, uh, I think he's going to end up finding himself either not getting thrown to, or he's going to get on the board with some of those. Um, I love the way that Thaddeus Dixon plays. I think that while they're thin there, uh, there's some pretty talented guys there. And and the hope is that they can stay healthy. Um that's kind of what I got on the defense um, on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously the big concern right now is running back. Our best running backs right now are probably our receivers so, or Kayla. So, <laughs> you know, I really do like Will Nixon. I think that he shows a burst. It seems like they got away from it. I think with this new clock and playing a team like Tulsa, it looked like they were maybe forcing Penix with the ball a little bit more to make sure he gets those stats. Cause he is trying to become a Heisman winner. Right. It wasn't super effective. Will Nixon was good. He was really good in pass protection. What do you guys have on the running backs? Yeah, I can just say like, you know, we love our offensive line. They continue to do a great job. And that's an area of growth is to be able to make holes for our running back room. But the running backs have to do their job too. And what I was noticing is that when you compare what we have right now to someone like Miles Gaskin, Miles could be patient with the hole, wait for it to develop and attack it when it appeared. And I sort of feel like we get a little bit too anxious and a little bit too happy with trying to make it happen right away. And the patience isn't there. And so we end up going backwards or we end up, you know, getting one yard or even no gain. And so I like that they tried. I like that they were really trying to commit themselves to the run against the Tulsa team. And we can really get some of those practice reps in it's still not happening. And so that, yes, that I think it's really difficult to consider yourself a national championship contender when you don't have a running game and we still don't. And you can kind of see just based off of 
stats and not saying that the coaches don't have confidence in the run game or if, you know, you just know how dangerous those receivers are, but you also look at like the run stuff percentage, 23% of Washington's runs were stuffed. And I mean, they didn't rush too many. So take that percentage with what it is, but you also only had one first down by rushing just one, which is crazy. And they only rushed it twice on third downs for a total of six yards. That just tells you that, you know, there isn't that run there when you are in those short situations. And I think that is a huge concern, especially because not only do you want to be productive and be able to rely on that running game, but you also, it opens up the opponents to know, Hey, well, you know, they're not really rushing on third downs, you know, let's expect a pass. So you just become more predictable. Kayla. I like that you said that because we've got to have a couple of plays in the playbook that capitalize on that very thing where if it's like third and four and we've like got some decoys out there, we've got Rome, we've got Jalen, we've got Jalen Polk. And then all of a sudden we get, we actually are productive with a, a run game right there. So those are the kinds of things that could sneak up on teams. And so that's what we need to be prepared for. People are going to game plan for us. And so we need to plan on them going like double coverage on Rome and single coverage on everybody else, which is going to have make, make it hopefully easier to get established a right game. So we need to prepare for that. For sure. And, you know, I don't think this team needs to necessarily be a fantastic running team. There's so many weapons everywhere uh, where you can get some short yardage stuff like Devin Culp's pass. 30 yard pass was a run. I mean, it was, it was, it was at the line of scrimmage. He caught it in front. And so it goes in as a 30 yard reception, but he looked really good on that too, by the way, (laughs) he looked really fast and and he tight roped for quite a while. I really liked that. Um, There's definitely ways that Ryan Grubb's going to be able to uh, get over that deficiency. But the reality is that deficiency is now one year and two games old where Mm -hmm. Washington has really struggled in short yardage situations. Moving to Michael Penix, I thought that he played a, a really good game. The one interception he did have, there was a massive hold and a face mask even on Roma Dunze. Uh, that's why he cut off his route. I won't get too upset about that because then he threw one right through a defender's hands and Denzel Pot- Denzel Boston caught it sitting down. So I'm going to say those cancel out. He has one interception on the day. Um, other than that, he just continues to look really good, throwing the deep ball well. He could have he was 73% on the game and he there was at least four drops by his two top targets. Yeah. I mean, this was not my favorite game that he's played, and he still threw for 400 yards. Yeah. It's bananas. And that's Heisman trophy candidate material. So yeah, he can continues to impress. And this is the first thing that I feel like any of us maybe have criticized our top receivers because we just really feel like they let him down because you just, you really can't, if you're going to market yourself to being a professional, but wide receiver, those are the kinds of things that are going to let lose your, your job. So you've got to make those plays. The ones that hit you right on the numbers, right on the hands. There's no excuse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like I sound super, you know, ungrateful, just like, Oh, well, you beat Tulsa, but, you know, and you have all these great numbers like Washington had 13 big plays in terms of passing, which is a gain of 15 or more for total of 315 yards. Like that's stupid. Good. You know, there's a lot of programs. I'm sure they'd be super thankful to have those kinds of numbers. But I mean, it's these things because 
you know, let's just say Roman Jalen, they're not coming back. Penix isn't coming back. You know, we have to have that kind of standard for this program, especially moving into the big 10 next year that we just, we know what they can do. And we want to just see consistency, especially heading into a huge year for this program. And are you ready for my tangent, Trevor? Let's do it. It's an, it's an ish, 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 ish tangent. It's not that bad. Okay. You can only have one. You have to choose Utilia. Right. Michael Penix wins the Heisman this year or Washington wins the Natty. Not close. Not even close. Natty. Yeah. National championship. And you know who would agree with that? Michael Penix. 100%. You know what? Would Oregon rather have Mariota have a Heisman or a Natty? I'm, they love the fact that they have a Heisman, but they, <laughs> they don't have a Natty. So they don't care. They, they would actually be disingenuous and say, well, we have a natty. We don't have to, but sorry, we, we have an Heisman, so we don't have to choose. Like, yeah, we have two natties. <laughs> uh, Kayla, what about you? Um, I mean, uh, natty, yeah. but just, I love a good Cinderella story. You know me and Peyton Henry, you've already referenced it. <laughs> I love that full circle just for Michael Penix to be able to like go through everything he's went through and then to stay. And I know, then... I was just going to say, I know the thought process is, you can only choose one, but there's no rule that says we can't have both. Yeah. yeah. We live yeah. in America. There's there's things called buffets. This here's America. <laughs> we live in America. But I mean, yeah, I just, I think he deserves it for, I'm a big believer, especially like after Jake Walker stayed and yeah. put on for wash. I would love it if he won the Heisman, but you know, of course having an eye would be amazing. Well, I would love play a lot better. The last year of the PAC 12, and going into the Big Ten, just so like we can say that we did that, and oh dear God in heaven, how angry that'll make Oregon! It's just <laughs> it's just delicious. It goes down smooth every time. We'll put a bow on uh, Tulsa. There, uh, it's definitely everything we've said. Right, they just have to play better from here on out. Forty three ten looks great. We can forget about it. It's just like a hitter who gets a bloop single at the end of the year. It, it's a single it's a line drive right so uh they get out of there with the win hopefully devon banks and asa turner are healthy um it sounds like ztf and dylan johnson will be for uh east lansing but before we kind of move into some of the really wild stuff that's gone on after uh the game the ap poll came out um washington doesn't move texas leapfrogs everybody into the fourth spot after they beat Alabama 24, uh, 34, 24, Georgia one, Michigan two, Florida state three, Texas four, UCLA five, Ohio state six, Penn USC, state seven. USC five. Did I say that wrong? You said UCLA because he loves powdered blue, Kata. Oh. <laughs> he, he wasn't even, ex- he was not excited to go to the big 10 for Washington. He was like, ah, my love for UCLA continues. <laughs> I can't quit you. He loves having Zach Charbonnet for the Seahawks. That's his favorite player. He's got the jersey. And that Bobo guy is pretty good. Yeah, the the Bobo guy. Yeah, see? Trevor knows. Oh, God. Oh, dang it. Uh, USC at five, Ohio State six, Penn State seven, Washington eight, Notre Dame nine, Bama ten. Uh, But the real story is the Pac-12 has eight teams in. USC has already been mentioned. Washington, Utah at 12. Leah, you barely hung on in the uh, survivor pool. Uh, Oregon at 13, Oregon State 16, Colorado 18, 
the Cougs at 23, my UCLA Bruins at 24. <laughs> um, what a time the to be. UCLA Bruins, Trevor says. <laughs> uh, man, I feel like it's remember the Alamo right now. We're going out. This conference is going out as really probably the best conference in, in football right now. Yeah, I saw that. They, wasn't it like 19, was it 29 that a conference had gone 18 and 0 or something like that? Yeah. It was something crazy. Maybe not 29, but it was, it was wild. What do you think, Leah? You got your, you got all of your t-shirts out? I, I still have my t-shirts. I think that's really exciting for the conference to get that legitimacy. Um, yeah. Super happy, obviously, for the Cougs. Um, regardless of what they say about us, I still root for them when, when it serves Washington. And it serves Washington to have Washington State play a very good team in Pullman and win. Um, there's nothing against that. So super happy that they win. Um, everybody, uh, for the most part played really well, looked good doing it. Um, you know, Oregon by the skin of their teeth escapes Lubbock, Texas with a win over the mighty red Raiders of Texas tech. Um, and as Trevor mentioned, uh, Utah barely escaped Waco, Texas with a win against the Baylor bears. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody for the most part really looked good and that's exciting to see all of our teams for the most part, except for the kind of the bottom four looked really Stanford. good. Stanford, ASU, Arizona, and oof, well, Cal, you know, Arizona took them to overtime. I know they and still Cal, are. Cal could like, I mean, they should have won Cal that game. So. Should have won that game. But I mean, if I've said it once, I've said it 46 times. Justin Wilcox can't make offense happen. And yeah. once again, he could not make offense happen. It was just really hard to watch that game. You remember when they brought the OC from Eastern Washington after they had that amazing offense? I thought that was going to be the higher of hires. And he, he somehow even made him fireable. It's it is pretty wild. It's it's where OCs go to end their careers, I guess. Yes, it's where it's where offensive coordinators go to die, I guess. Yeah. The end of careers. Dogs hard. go to the desert. OCs go to Cal. So, <laughs> Kayla. That was a, I like that ouch. one. Ouch. That was great, but I mean, ouch, but true. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like ASU thanks us for their hire in terms of head coaching. Yeah. Looking at ahead to next week, the kind of bombshell report out of U, uh, USA Today that Mel Tucker has, uh, well, now has been put on administrative leave from some really weird reports um, for some sexual harassment against, uh, you know, somebody as a sexual harassment advocate. You know, it's something that I think is going to play out over the next few months. It's one of those things where he's not fired immediately. The The Title IX is going to do their due diligence. On a human level, it's really icky. I don't really know what else to say about it. It's definitely going to be a, you know, it's weird to talk about football with it, but it is Washington's next opponent. Um, so I'm I'm hoping to know more as, as we get closer to the game. But I see it going one of two ways. It could really derail Michigan state and they could have a hard time focusing because they lost their head coach and, you know, they're not having a strong start to their season anyway, all these things, or it could rally them and they could come out with extra fire and they could play maybe one of their best games of the year because they feel like they want to support their coach. They want to play for each other, all these things. So 
Washington really needs to focus on what they can control, which is themselves, which is their energy, which is their preparation and playing their best football because they don't know what they're going to get in Michigan State. Yeah, I kind of see this as going a similar route as the whole Jimmy Lake firing of announcing that it is a suspension. But I think that it very quickly gets handled. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was prior to Saturday, um, just because those are such serious um, issues at hand that it gets taken care of ASAP. That being said, I think bouncing off what you're saying about needing to just go in, do what they do, play their game, take care of business, use it as a great opportunity to deal with probably one of the most hostile environments you're going to play in this year get yourself ready to play against usc against or or against oregon you know just get ready for the noise work on that and do what you do because at the end of the day kind of how you're saying we also don't know how this whole entire pac-12 season is going to shake out is wazoo going to play more pissed is oregon state going to play more pissed is you know all these other schools we don't know so it's going to be a great test on can they go in with all of these things happening at once and just do their jobs. I'm I'm ho- I'm excited to see what they come up with because I left the game on Saturday pretty disappointed and I'm really hoping that Washington's going to pull out all the stops and play a game in a very hostile environment as you pointed out Kayla and be really ready to play, be ready to show off what they're all about and be able to prevent Michigan State from payback. You know, I'm going to be pulling out all the stops on Saturday. We're having a watch party at uh, my boyfriend's house. And true to form, I noticed that every time I wear UW clothes on games where the Huskies don't play at Husky Stadium, Washington loses. So I will be wearing 100% Mariner gear. So I will be supporting local teams, but not the dogs. Smart. Smart. I mean, you didn't watch the Oregon game. So maybe you should, if like, try not watching if something's... Honestly, if we don't play well, I will go drinking somewhere else. I I see this team. I, I wonder my wondering, I guess, now that we've kind of had this whole conversation about the effort from the Tulsa game and, and preparing to go to a really hostile environment in big 10 country. I wonder how much of it is when you're playing a lesser opponent, obviously there's a, a an idea of looking past, right? But Some of that, and it's not necessarily from the coaching staff not being as locked in, but if they're running more vanilla type things, putting some things on film, you know, the two-point conversion where Jane Green gets to catch a a two-point conversion, kind of cool, but like really not opening up the playbook and going kind of more of a boring set. I wonder if some of that has a little bit to do with it, that if we're not locked in doing the things we're kind of going into it going through the motions i'm hoping for as they start to dig more into the playbook execute at a higher level um, i think the effort will come back i think that the reality is those two receivers are really really good and they're not going to do that again they struggled blocking in game one they were very good blocking yesterday so um things are looking up i think they're going to be just fine the the wrinkle of the Mel Tucker stuff and and just being an idiot will discuss as as more stuff comes but you know for for now I'm feeling good about Washington going there I felt good about them all year I think they're a bunch of adults that are seasoned and and are ready to play big time football prediction also- for the game speaking of receivers and Michigan State 
does Rome and Jalen, are they still the shining stars or does Kalen let Jeremy maybe show off a little bit? I mean, you got to have a package for Jeremy, right? That, but that's what I'm saying. Like, is he going to let him maybe like shine a little bit brighter there? Do I think so? Absolutely. I think they're going to actually play, uh, get, get him a play to have at least one touchdown so he can have, he can show out in front of his former teammates. Passing, oh. running and receiving, right? He's got the, <laughs> the grand slam there. I would expect him to have inside inside the 15 at least one running play for himself and at least one target inside the red zone for a passing for Jeremy. Will those come to fruition? Well, he has to deliver. He has to execute. So it's going to be up to him. And he'll probably have one shot at each. And if he doesn't come through, then, you know, well, at least he got that opportunity. But Let, uh, let him kick the ball. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Let him kick the ball. I will say that's been one of the strengths of the team. So I'm really not willing to take the ball away from whoever's kicking our balls right now. I got to tell you, I think that the, the we you know, getting into our next show, the weakness of this Michigan State team is their cornerbacks. And you got a really prideful group pissed off about how they played. So I, I think it's going to be a really long day for the uh, the defensive backfield for Michigan State. Hope so. For Trevor Mueller, UW Leah, Kayla Olin, go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Spanks party. Oog.